Hello, welcome to Otakada Podcast. My name is uh, Mandy Ogwajo. Today we're uh, reviewing the School of the Holy Spirit, 44 of 52, part 32, The Secret of Developing Deeper Roots in the Pursuit of God, Joseph's True Life Story in Entering God's Rest in the Storm, plus How to Cancel People with Assurance, Authority, and Attitudinal Issues, plus a Dream on Nigeria. Uh, today is Sunday, June 28, 2020. Okay, and Otakada content count is 2,220,115. Um, before we continue, we want to um, uh, commit this part of the um, session to the Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the privilege to share your word. Thank you for the privilege of seeing another day in the land of the living. Thank you for uh, making it possible for us to share your word over this media to your people for whom you died for. And so, Lord, this moment I hide myself behind the cross. I ask, O God, that it will hear you they will see you and they will respond to you. I ask, O oh God, that this word will become life and spirit, that it will minister life to the hearers, the recipients, wherever they are, in the four winds of the earth. I ask, O oh God, that you transform them from the inside out. I ask, O oh God, that you bring healing where there are wounds, where there is sickness. You bring restoration where there have been losses in the name of Jesus Christ. You bring peace where there is fear. The Lord, take away anxiety from your people in the name of Jesus Christ. And grant them rest that only comes from you, dependence on you, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Speak to the four winds of the earth even right now. And I declare that you all line up to the purpose and the counsel of God concerning this word. As it goes, it will go unhindered, unhindered to the recipient. I come against every distraction that will distort this message or misrepresent this message. I have atoned those now by the authority which Jesus has given unto me. And I declare they bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I declare every crooked path straight in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare, every, I declare every mountain of impossibility leveled even right now in Jesus' name. Every valley, I command you to be raised to the level that your people can walk through in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. As this word goes out, it shall not return void, but it shall come back with a testimony. The purpose for which has been sent has been accomplished to the glory and honor of your name. I ask, O oh God, that your people will be uplifted in the name of Jesus Christ from whatever that bondages are broken, even right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I declare that every demonic intimidation is neutralized right now by the authority in the name of Jesus Christ. The sound of my voice in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. When it is done, bring Remove every veil that is covering your people and let them see you. Let them hear you. 
cause them to experience you and cause them to enter the rest for which you died to give them. Thank you. As they are blessed, I will be blessed. As I am blessed, they will be blessed to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, welcome you again, Sunday, June 28, 2020. Uh, part 32, uh, series 4452, part 32, the secret of developing deeper roots in the positive of God. Joseph's true life story in entering God's rest in the storm and how to cancel people the assurance, authority, and attitudinal issues was a dream on Nigeria. Okay. Now I have uh, some uh, inspiration uh, quotes here. Uh, the one I received yesterday is this, unanswered prayers. Prayers can get unanswered for several reasons, chief of which comes from our shallow roots in God. But we have developed deeper roots as a consequence of our relentless pursuit of God. His desires become our desires. And so we pray his heart, which is really our heart desire. Become one with him and we rest in God, literally speaking. You can get this fact from Mark chapter 11, verse 24 and uh, 28 to 29. Psalms 37, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 to 12. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Psalms 82, 1 to 8. And Psalms 46, 10. This is Monday, Ogwe, Jo Ogwe. Christian Q. Um, wrote this quote, uh, this quote and I and I read in today's business busy world rest is usually something reserved for a few quick hours at night but rest something different from actual sleep is a good thing and something God wants us to do God has promised his people rest in mental and spiritual peace here in this world not just when we get to heaven Henry Drummond states and I quote Christ's invitation to the weary and heavy laden is a call to begin life over again upon a new principle, upon his own principle. Watch my way of doing things, he says. Follow me. Take life as I take it. Be meek and lowly, and you will find rest. Harry Emerson Fawcett writes, and I quote, He who cannot rest cannot walk. He who cannot let go cannot hold on. He who cannot find footing cannot go forward. And then S.D. Gordon states, and I quote, If there be anything that can render the soul calm, dissipate his scruples and dispel his fears, sweeten his suffering, sufferings by the anointing of love, impact strength to all his actions and spread abroad the joy of the Holy Spirit in his continence and words, it is this simple and childlike response in arms in the arms of God. Watchman Nee states, and I quote, Can Christians crave works, yet amid many labors, they are unable to maintain calm in their spirit. They cannot fulfill God's orders quietly as can the spiritual believers. Their hearts are governed by outward matters, being distracted with much serving. Luke chapter 10 verse 40 is the characteristics of the work of any soulish believer. They have not yet entered the rest of God. And next is Hannah Whittle Smith. Once I knew what it was to rest upon the rock of God's promise, and it was indeed a precious resting place, but now I rest in His grace. He is teaching me that the bosom of His love is a far sweeter resting place than even the rock 
of his promises. Hannah will smit again. No soul can be really at rest until it has given up all dependence on everything else and has been forced to depend on the Lord alone. As long as our expectations from other things, nothing but disappointment awaits us. And then Charles Spurgeon writes, and I quote, Rest time is not waste time. It is economy to gather fresh strength. It is wisdom to take occasional follow. In the long run, we shall do more by sometimes doing less. Andrew Moore writes, and I quote, Do not strive in your own strength. Cast yourself at the feet of the Lord Jesus and wait upon him in sure confidence that he is with you and works in you. Strive in prayer. Let faith fill your heart. So will you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Edmund Mbiaka writes in a quote, Isn't it time to stop wishing, complaining, making excuses and pointing finger? Your destiny calls for you to give your dream the action that it desperately needs. Dig deep to discover your hidden abilities and strength to always preserve, persevere. And then Aaron Lauritsen, the only real certainty is that if you get to live, you got to die. Live life now. Cotus Tyron Jones quote, and I read, Dig deep and pull the roots of confidence from the ground of your being, standing firm in the raging storm until sunlight blossoms inside you. Aaron Lawrence and Bruce, at some point you just got to forget the past, your happiness hinges on it. Aaron Lawrence and Bruce again, life's trial will test you and shape you, but don't let them change who you are. And the key verses upon which we're going to be discussing this morning are as follows. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 6, Amplified Bible Classic Edition. But when you pray, go into your most private room and closing the door, pray to your father who is in secret. Your father who sees in secret will reward you in the open. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, 27, Amplified Bible Classic Edition. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid, foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against our house, and it fell, and great and complete was the fall of it. Revelation chapter 3, verse 18, Amplified Bible. I counsel you to buy from me gold that has been heated red hot and refined by fire, so that you may become truly rich in white clothes, representing righteousness, to clothe yourself so that the shame of your nakedness will not be seen, and healing salve to put on your eyes so that you may see. Look. Chapter 21, verse 24 to 25, Amplified Bible Classic Edition. But take it to yourselves and be on your guard, lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed, weighed down with the giddiness and headache and desire of self-indulgence, drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. And lest that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a nose, for it will come upon all who live upon the face of the earth. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. Then he said to me, This addition of the bowl to the candlestick, causing it to yield a ceaseless supply of oil from the olive trees, is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, for whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. 
John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8, Amplified Bible Classic Edition. I'm the true vine, and my father is a vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. To make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit, you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with him. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your heart. Ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. When you bear fruit, much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified in show. You show and prove yourself to be true followers of mine. Genesis 39, 19-23, Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. And when Joseph's master heard the words of his wife, saying to him, This is the way your servant treated me, his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the state prisoners were confined. So he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and loving kindness and gave him favor in the sight of the warden of the prison. And the warden of the prison committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison. And whatsoever was done there, he was in charge of it. The prison warden paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge, for the Lord was with him and made whatever he did to prosper. Genesis chapter 14 verses 14 to 15 and 23 Amplified Bible Classic Edition But think of me when it shall be well with you and show kindness I beg of you to me and mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house for truly I was carried away from the land of the Hebrews by unlawful force and here too I have done nothing for which they should put me into the dungeon but even after all that the chief butler gave no thought to Joseph, but forgot all about him. Psalm 37 4, Amplified Bible Classic Edition. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 to 12, Amplified Bible Classic Edition. Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still holds and is offered today, let us be afraid to distrust it lest any of you should think he has come too late and has come short of reaching it. For indeed we have heard the glad tidings, gospel of God, proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites, of old did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith, with the learning of the entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. By those who heard it, neither were they united in faith with the ones Joshua and Caleb who heard did believe. For we who have believed that heard to and trusted in relied on God do enter that rest in accordance with his declaration, and those who did not believe should not enter when he said, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. 
And this is said although his works had been completed and prepared and waiting for all who would believe from the foundation of the world. For in a certain place he has said this about the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and they forfeited their path in it. For in this passage he said, They shall not enter my rest. Seeing then that the promise remains over from past times for some to enter that rest, and are those who formerly were given the good news about it, an opportunity failed to appropriate it and did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he sets a definite day, a new today, and gives another opportunity of securing that rest, saying through David, after so long a time, the words already quoted, Today, if you will hear his voice, and when you hear it, do not harden your hearts. This mention of a rest was not a reference to their entering into Canaan. For if Joshua had given them rest, he, God, would not speak afterward about another day. So then, there is still awaiting a full and complete Sabbath rest reserved for the true people of God. For he who has once entered God's rest also has ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors, just as God rested from those labors peculiarly his own. Let us therefore be zealous and exact ourselves and strive diligently to enter that race of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, that no one may fail or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating into the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts of and purpose of purposes of the heart. Psalms 82 verses 1 to 8, Amplified Bible Classic Edition. God stands in the assembly of the representatives of God, in the midst of the magistrates or judges, he gives judgment as among the gods. How long will you, magistrates or judges, judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Selah, pause, and calmly think of that. Do justice to the weak, poor, and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rescue them out of the hand of the wicked. The magistrates and the judges know not. Neither will they understand. They walk on in the darkness of complacent satisfaction. All the foundations of the earth, the fundamental principle upon which rests the administration of justice, are shaken. I said, You are gods, since you judge on my behalf as my representatives. Indeed, all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die as, die as men and fall as one of the princes. Arise, O God. Judge the earth, for to you belong all nations. Psalm 46, verse 10, Amplified Bible Classic Edition. Let be still, let be and be still, and know, recognize, and understand that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations, I'll be exalted in the earth. Dear friends, I welcome you to the series in the School of the Holy Spirit. Today we bring you the School of the Holy Spirit 4452 by 32. The secret of developing deeper roots in the pursuit of God. Just as true life story in entry God's rest in the storm plus how to counsel people 
with assurance, authority, and attitude malicious, and the dream of Nigeria. At attacker.org, we bring you over 2 million contents for all-round success for your spirit, soul, and your body all in one place. You check this fact out in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, 2 Timothy 1, 7, Hebrews 4, 12, and I read 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 for emphasis. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, that is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Together with you, we're building massive spiritual temples in people's hearts for the Spirit of God to dwell in and operate through with these in these times and seasons. So stay with us, build with us. You check these facts out in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 17, Leviticus 26, 12, Jeremiah 32, 38, Ezekiel 37, 27, 2 Corinthians 6, 16, and 1 John 4, 4. If you miss the last two series of Sunday and Wednesdays, here they are as follows. The School of the Holy Spirit, 42 or 52, part 30. The secret of heartfelt belief, obedience, selfish service, selfless service, and inner healing in the secret place. Two true life stories and consequences of healed or unhealed inner wounds by Oludotun and Amina, and how to help people who are addicted to drug, alcohol, gambling, and sex, and how to counsel people involved in adultery, 8 of 12. Uh, Takada content count then was 2,220,110. That was Sunday, June 21st. The second is weekly motivational and inspirational story for the Marketplace School of the Holy Spirit, 43 of 52, part 31. Lesson from Jesus' parable of the rich man and his shrewd manager. Plus, counseling business in troubling times was how to help people with persistent, uncontrollable anger and anxiety and worry issues, 9 of 12. That was on Wednesday, June 24th, 2020. Now, here's a message for Nigeria. I dream was yesterday, the 27th of June, 2020. I dreamed yesterday where a military ruthless rascal took over the reign of power, derailing the democratic process. Pray to avert any change in the seat of power that is against the plan and the purpose of God concerning Nigeria and her people. What I saw was a military rascal full of pride in every way that took over the reign of the nation. Pray against the counsel of the wicked in our land and their enterprise will not stand and will be aborted from its root before it gains momentum in Jesus' name. Amen. Ask God to have mercy on our land and throne and sustain a leader who fears and references the Lord in every way where justice, peace, prosperity and healing of the land will take place in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you can use uh, Psalm 4610, Psalm 2 verses 1 to 12 and others as led. Now let's explore the secret of developing deeper roots in the deposit of God, Joseph's true life story in the storm of life. There's a huge question that has been asked by all of the greatest saints throughout history in the deposit of God. The question is very simply, how do I dig deeper roots in the deposit of God? How do I abide in Christ? The question is simple, but the answer profound, and few there be that find it. Many of us feel like we move in and out of God's throne room. We have times of great connectedness and then we suffer periods of disconnectedness. 
we can't we can't analyze analyze exactly why this sense is developed in our hearts toward the Lord but most of us feel like our relationship with Christ is a roller coaster ride of feeling close then far then close then far then close again in and out and we hate it we're created for constant intimacy and anything less makes us unsettled on the inside except if we have gone too far away or have not developed roots in the first place so in my opinion these are some of the most glorious words of christ in the entire bible that is in john to the 15 verses 7 to 8 amplified bible classic edition if you live in me abide vitally united to me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your heart ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you when you bear produce much fruit my father is honored and glorified and you show and prove yourself to be true followers of mine the if of the passage signifies a condition that anyone willing and obedient can satisfy it's like an examination if the great condition to answering prayer is an abiding relationship with Christ and His words. This attainment is not guaranteed. It is available but rarely experienced in fullness. Again, I repeat, it's an examination. A Christian magazine that featured Hitson Taylor in one of his issues referred to how Taylor struggled for a closer walk with God. Although he is considered one of the greatest missionary champions of church history, he longed for a more intimate relationship with Christ. I prayed, agonized, fasted, strove, made resolutions, read the word more diligently, sought more time for retirement, meditation, but all was without effect. I knew that if I would abide in Christ, all would be well, but I could not. Taylor reached a turning point in his life when he received a letter from a colleague. This simple message unlocked the door. Friendship with God comes not from striving after faith, but from resting in faithful in the faithful one. Those simple words were somehow precisely what Hudson Taylor needed to help him cross a threshold in his relationship with Christ. It was, it was able to cease striving and to embrace Christ's nearness and power and life. I refer to Taylor's experience not as though it's a formula for learning to abide in Christ, but rather to show that the most eminent of saints have wrestled with this very issue. How you come to abide in Christ will be different from all others. We all abide differently because we are all unique creations of God. God is not a copycat, He's an original, and He created everything original. Your relationship with Christ will never be like mine, and mine will never be like yours. That's why you will never learn to abide in Christ by reading the stories of others. You won't learn to abide by reading the right book or listening to a great sermon. No one can mentor you into an abiding relationship with Christ. A mentor might be able to help to a limited degree, but in final analysis, we all have to find our own way to abiding in Christ. When all is said and done, we must shut the door. Critically important, shut the door. Get into the secret place with God and discover what an abiding relationship with Christ will look like for ourselves. Usually, the pathway to an abiding relationship with Christ is attended with pressure. 
God allows uncomfortable circumstances or emotions in our lives that presses us into Christ with vigilant determination. Most of us will never abandon ourselves to pursuing an abiding relationship unless the Lord in His kindness allows calamities or struggles in our lives that elevate our pain level to the point of desperation. I mean, uh, uh, Israel, uh, uh, Jacob, the swindler, met God when he fought and said, look, I will not leave you unless you bless me. He left there with a a broken limb and there came his name, Israel. We have strived with God and prevailed. Um, So just a true story in the process of God, in entering God's rest in the storm. So let's take a look at Joseph, who is one of the sons of Israel or Jacob. So Joseph's story illustrates this true truth nicely. God took Joseph on a painful pathway in order to help him find an abiding relationship. Let me review this story very briefly with you. As a 17-year-old Joseph stood apart from his brothers, a man of godly character, in the midst of a perverse generation. So God basically said, congratulations Joseph, you are keeping your heart pure. You are walking blamelessly before God and man. You are keeping yourself separate from an evil generation. You have qualified for a promotion in the kingdom. To slavery you go. Isn't that interesting? So Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. In Egypt, he was sold to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar soon realized God was with Joseph and that he blessed everything Joseph touched. So Potiphar made Joseph the chief steward of all his possessions. Although a slave, Joseph kept his heart before God and continued to work carefully before God. He was diligent to cultivate his gifts and talent, providing himself faithful, proving himself faithful as a steward over the house. He fled from sexual temptation when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. So God responded, Congratulations, Joseph. You are continuing to practice my presence. You are faithfully cultivating your gifts and talents, and you are fleeing temptation. You have qualified for another promotion in this kingdom. To prison you go. <laughs> Joseph had no idea why he was in prison. Surely he must have been tempted with the thought, God, what is the use of serving you? When I love you and serve you and keep a guide upon my heart, it does me no good. So I wanted to convince Joseph that serving God wouldn't pay. But Joseph chose to push away the tempter's thoughts. And instead, he set his love upon God even in the prison. He held to the dreams God had given him of an eventual promotion. However, a desperation took hold of Joseph's spirit. Joseph realized that apart from divine intervention, he would spend the rest of his life rotting in this Egyptian prison. None of his talent would work for him here. It didn't matter that he was gifted and charismatic and intelligent. None of those things could get him out of prison. Every gift he had cultivated was now useful, useless, reduced to total helplessness. Although Joseph was helping to manage the prison, that wouldn't be where you want to stay, I believe, with a good talent. Joseph began to cry out to God with intense desperation. God, talk to me or my life is over. He began to push down roots into the Spirit of God, deeper than ever before. God, why have you allowed this to happen to me? God said deeper, so he 
put the roots down deeper, still deeper. So his desperation, Joseph pressed in. So in his desperation, Joseph pressed into the depths of the spiritual God. Deeper, Joseph. Joseph kept sinking his spiritual roots deeper and deeper into the spirit of God until one day he found a river. There's a river there, friend, that makes glad the city of God. This under the surface river runs so deep that most, most, most don't find it. But in some cases, God will allow extreme pressure to press his servant into the depths of the spirit with an unprecedented passion. When Joseph found this river, he found the life source in God that goes deeper than the seasons of life. Whether it's flood season or drought season, whether it's a pandemic or whatever that is, sickness or whatever it is, there's a river available to the sin, providing a constant source of dry divine life and spirit endowment. Very few seem to find this great underground river, but when you find it, it is called abiding in Christ. God was saying to Joseph, son, I have a great promotion in store for you, but what I'm calling you to will never be managed on the strength of your giftings and talents. And I know that as long as your strength are intact, you will always default to them. So I'm going to put you in a place where your strength will be useless. I'm putting you in prison, in the helplessness of losing all control. You will have to find a dimension in me that supersedes your gifts and talents. I mean, if you compare this to the pandemic and the lockdown, this is just a parallel here. God has a way of preparing his people in isolation, in the secret place, in the four walls of our houses. It's uncomfortable. He wants us there because there we have our attention all focused on him. You see, Joseph, there is a dimension in me that is not of your might and power, but is by my spirit. When Joseph found that river, it was his ability to draw upon the life of God that lifted him from the prison. It wasn't his talent that delivered him from prison, but his life in the spirit. When Pharaoh called upon Joseph to interpret his dream, Joseph was able to tap into the river and give Pharaoh the wisdom that he desired. And in one day, Joseph went from the prison to the palace. There's an abiding relationship with Christ that launches the sin into the God zone. I'm talking about a dimension where God works sovereignly and mightily in the affairs of men. Jesus had an abiding relationship with his Father, and it changed the history of our planet. If God will grant you the grace to find this never-ending source of divine power called abiding in Christ, then you will change your generation for God as well. Do not be discouraged by the pressure and hardship that has suddenly come upon you. Press into God like you never have in all your life. Allow the desperation of your soul to help you pursue God with absolute abandonment. I mean, in the prison, you have nothing to lose. And during the lockdown, you have nothing to lose. Just go on your knees and seek His face. It will come true in unique ways, in awesome ways that you have never, ever contemplated. The secret is this. If you will seek Him with all your heart, He will guide you to the ancient river that runs deep in the heart of God. As you chase Him, with every fiber of your strength, he will bring you to the fountain of divine life. When the life of God begins to flow into your world of impossibilities, this is where miracle happens. The life of God cannot be stopped. If you drink of, his rib, of this river, everything in you and around you will begin to shake and align under the well of God's power released to you. Everything about your prison is about to change. I pray you might receive this word or everything about your lockdown is about to change. I pray you might receive this word 
learn to abide in Christ. Now, let's explore how to cancel people with assurance, authority, and attitude, no issues. Now, let's define what assurance is. Assurance means to be convinced of something, to have absolute faith in it. Biblically, a lack of assurance causes one to doubt their salvation as well as other spiritual work God has done in their lives. Let's look at some facts about assurance. Lack of assurance is doubt and is generated by Satan. He'll even try to make you think you have committed the unpardonable sin. But God's word says that if you come to him, you will be received in John chapter 6 verse 37. You also can be assured that Jesus paid your entire sin debt and obtained your full pardon. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 14. Your pardon is based on God's grace, which always exceeds your transgressions. Ephesians 1 verse 7. Romans chapter 5 verse 20. God does not hold your past, present, or future sin against you as long as you ask for forgiveness. That is the underlying thing. Forgiveness. Romans 8, 1 and 2 Corinthians 5, 19. Forgiveness is intended to all who believe in Jesus. Acts 10 verse 43. Forgiveness is available to believers who sin. John 1, 9. God's grace in forgiving is not an invitation for license to continue in sin, rather it should instill in you a passion for righteousness and living a holy life. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that <clears throat> when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin which leads to death or to obedience which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that Though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you are entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Romans 6, 15 to 18. In a nutshell, humility triggers grace. Humility, forgiveness, asking for forgiveness is humility and God does not give his grace without humility. Read that from James chapter 4, verse 6. God gives grace to the humble. Assurance is not a matter of applying human logic, it is a matter of faith. You simply believe God's word and rely on it rather than your own thinking. Proverbs 3 5. Dealing with assurance. Believe that you are saved because God's word assures it. John 3.16, Romans 10.9, and 1 John 1.8-10. Understand that a lack of assurance comes by feeling, but you are not saved by feeling. You are saved by faith. Satan can tamper with your feelings, but he cannot void the work of God in your life. Determine that you will serve God even if you never feel anything that confirms your experience. Your eternal relationship with God is not based on feeling, but on faith. Read the word of God consistently. The better you come to know God through his word, the more you will trust him completely with your salvation and other spiritual matters. Uh, see Romans 10, 17, John 7, 17, and 1 John 5, 13. Confess your sins to God. Disobedience can result in lack of assurance about your spiritual status in God. 1 John 1, 8, 10, and Proverbs 28, 13. Pray the mother prayer daily, which includes a petition for forgiveness of sin. Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. What God's word says about assurance. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Psalm 119, verse 89. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born out of natural descent, nor of 
human decision or humans will be born of God. John 1, 12 to 13. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John 3, 16. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed on from death into life. John 5, 24. My children listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. John 10, 27, 28. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor hide, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, except if we took her, take ourselves off, as I discussed earlier in earlier series. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans 10, 13. For it is, it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. This is a gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1, 6. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we have at first. Hebrews 3, 6, 14. So, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Hebrews 10, 25. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has showed us new birth into a living hope, to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power unto the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life, 1 John 2.25. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life, 1 John 5.13. Now let's look at attitudes. Attitude is how you think about and respond to something or someone. What are the facts about? Bad attitudes can be learned behavior. For example, your parents may have been prejudiced. prejudiced against a certain race of people and taught you to have the same attitude. If you were raised in a critical environment, you may develop a critical spirit. Bad attitudes can result from negative experience. For example, if you are a black man who was assaulted by a Mexican, you may develop a negative attitude towards all Mexicans because of your ex experience. God is concerned about attitude. Christ's teaching in Matthew 5, known as the Sermon on the Mount, confirms this when he declares that we are to be meek, merciful, peacemakers, etc. The fruit of the Holy Spirit that is to be manifested in your life are attitudes of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Your attitude should always be Christ-like. In any circumstance and towards any person, a believer should always manifest positive Christ-like attitudes. Dealing with attitude. Take responsibility for your attitude. You will never be able to conquer sinful attitude until you stop blaming them on others. Ask forgiveness of bad attitudes. Ask God to forgive you and ask 
forgiveness from those who were impacted by your negative attitude. Ask God to develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life. This includes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, fulfillment, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 23 Put off your bad attitudes and put those things on. What God says, what God's words say about attitudes. Attitude in general. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave Ephesians 4, 31-32. Attitudes in the home. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, or holy and blameless in this same way. Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Ephesians 4, 22-29 Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with the promise that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy a long life on earth. Father, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 1-14 Attitude towards Christian brothers and sisters. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12, 10 do not in out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, 3-5 Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhaust him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger men as sisters of absolute purity. 1 Timothy 5, 1-2 Attitudes on the job. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with severity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor with their eye when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them. Since you know that he who is both their master and yours in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him, Ephesians 6, 5 to 9. Attitudes towards authority. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authority, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authorities is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Romans 13, 1-3 I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made more known for, made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. 1 Timothy 2, 1-2 Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Keep watch over you as men who must give account, obey them so that their work will be a joy and a burden for that will be of no advantage to you. Hebrews 13, 7. 
attitude towards those who have wronged you. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Matthew 6, 14, 15. Attitude toward those of our other races, social economic levels. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did it? 1 Corinthians 4, 7. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. James 2, 8 to 9. Add it towards your sins. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy. Mix with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Jude 23. Now let's talk about authority. What is authority? An authority is someone who is set over you in a structured environment for specific purposes. Examples are your boss in the workplace, your spiritual leader, the government of your nation, and law enforcement officials. Facts about authority. You are set free in Christ, but still under authority. Christ sets you free from sin, guilt, and condemnation, but not from God's authority, the authority ordained by God. Authority provides positive structure in the home, community, church, the workplace, and government authority provides structure within which you can live your lively life confidently. All authority is from God. When you rebel against legitimate authority, you rebel against God. Everyone must submit himself to the government authority, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authority that exists have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Romans 13, 1 3. Dealing with authority, you must obey authority because all authority is from God. You are to obey and inst- inst- obey instead of rebel. When you rebel against them, you rebel against God Himself. Romans 13, 1 3. When authorities conflict with God's word, you must obey God. When ordered, ordered, to no longer preach about Christ. Peter told that we must obey God rather than men. Acts 5.29 Pray for those in authority. I urge them, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, times can be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. 1 Timothy 2.1-2 Respect the authority set in the church. Guidelines for functioning under authority in the church are given in 1 Corinthians 12.28 Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, and Hebrews 13, 17. If you cannot respect the leadership in a church because of the ungodly conduct, find a new church. Respect the structure of authority set in the home. A godly husband is to be the head of the house. The wife is to follow his lead, and children are to be obedient. The authority in the home is to be loving and kind, not demanding and harsh. Lovingly exercise authority over those for whom you are responsible. As a parent, spouse, pastor, employer, or public servant, you are to lovingly exercise uh, exercise our authority in a Christ-like act to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians 5.21 What God's word says about authority. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authority, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authorities is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians 5.21 I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and those in authority that 
may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. 1 Timothy 2, 1, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to the authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their works will be a joy, not a burden for what be. For that will be of no advantage to you. Hebrews 13, 17. Submit yourselves to the Lord's sake, to every authority seated among men, whether to the king or the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by good by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. First Peter 2 13 15. Now let's go to prayer. Commit all of this to prayer. Father, we uh, thank you once again for the lessons you have brought our way as we meet hurting people everywhere on our journey here on earth. Give us a heart of sympathy, Lord God. Help us to be alive ourselves to the fact that there's nothing you cannot do as we make ourselves channels of your blessings to others who are hurting at this time. Give us a tenacious heart that is driven by love for you first and foremost. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the grace to represent you correctly as we raise the dead, spiritually speaking, to a new life in you in Jesus' name. Amen. We dig deeper roots in you today, Lord God, because we know that you have given us a grace which comes from a position of humility, a willingness to dig deeper roots, to abide within you, in you, 24-7 in Jesus' name. We pray for those who have assurance, authority, and attitudinal issues that we have highlighted above. Lord, visit us all today so to know that you are always beside us to help us be all that you have called us to be and to do in Jesus' name. We commit from this day to work out our salvation with fear and trembling in the name of Jesus. We believe in you, Lord God, afresh from our hearts. In obedience to your instructions, we die daily to self in Jesus. We thank you for the total healing, spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we encourage you, we pray that you experience all-round success this week and beyond as you are led by your closest friend, the Holy Spirit. Remember, we are one in Christ Jesus. Only unity can we have lasting and flourishing impact. So please engage with your brothers and sisters. Ephesians 4, verse 46, Amplified Bible Classic Edition read, There is one body, one spirit, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling you receive. There is one Lord one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all, sovereign over all, pervading all and living in us all. You can secure answers to questions on the Holy Salvation and several other titles on Takada and GitHub Content Guide also for 2020 on Takada as well. And you can find books written by me on Takada. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His countenance to shine upon you brightly and give you peace, joy, in the Holy Ghost. May this week bring glad tidings to you. Peace, joy, prosperity, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, we give you glory, Lord God, for all that you're doing in the life of your people. In Jesus' name. This is Monday, Ogwajo Ogwe, e-discipleship at otakada.org. Thank you, and God bless. Amen.